All right. Our quote for the week, I, I, I've been trying to practice that this week. It says, don't meditate or talk about what you don't know, you don't have, and you can't do. Think about it. That's what we spend our time doing. Is talking about, well, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going. You know, or we just don't have this, or I can't do that. Well, what do we do? We we develop in faith and our ability not to be able to do it. See, but don't meditate. It means worry, have anxiety, or talk about what you don't know, you don't have, and what you can't do. If you do that, you'll be in faith way more than you than you're not. In that. Well, I, just, and I, ask it, I ask it a lot. As Christians, we know that, but how do we stop doing it? Practice, practice, practice. I, have to, I said, I'm visual. I have to put mine somewhere that i got a constant reminder. That, that's, that's the only way I can I can get there. I can't do it off of memory. I have to, like I said, put it on, in front of my phone or on the mirror and my, you know, to, to try to break the habit. And then once you break the habit, it'll get easier and easier. Um, we're going to, we in our book, how to prosper in hard time, God's way. And uh, I don't know if we'll get to the book. We're on page 43. But this has come up the last couple of weeks. And and I was thinking, praying about it this week. And I said, well, we'll just, we'll just do it. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about, about giving all the time. And that, you know, you, you, you should be able to, to receive from your giving. But, but we don't spend a lot of time teaching people how to receive. How, how do, how do I do that? And, and this morning is just, just one of the ways that, that, that we use. Because, uh, you know, from time to time, everybody's going to go through a hard time, a rough time, financially. I mean, this is what this book is about. We're talking finances, so that's what we'll, we're going to talk about. Um, but you have to remember that it won't last forever. You know, it seems like it will when you're in it that you don't know what to do. But but eventually you'll work through it and work out of it and learn from it and then, then look back and, and, you know, and not have to, to continue to go through through that in, in life. Because um, I know, you know, uh, and of course you all know mine and Miss Angie's testimony, but I'll never forget... Uh, I didn't have a table. <coughs> Y'all remember them old glass tables that had the wood edges and they had gold set on that gold pedestal? Mm-hmm. You know, they was a hundred dollars or ninety nine dollars. Actually, is what it was. And uh, I, I had to finance that through the furniture store for eighteen months. I paid six dollars a month. That's just all I had. I, you know, I didn't have a table, and so you know, I, I know what 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 that's like. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that the Lord. Showed us some things, taught us some things to, to, to try to get that past in our life. Now I want you to write this down somewhere. And then I want you to put it in big letters. And put it somewhere that like me and Duke was talking about. Your phone, your mirror, in your car, on your car dash, wherever. Because this is, this is the, the, the part that we get confused on. And, and, and I'll make this statement. It's, it's, and this is this is will be coming for God. I never ask you to pay for it. I ask you to believe for it. I never ask you to pay for it. I ask you to believe for it. 
Now, what, what do we do? When we need something from God, instead of believing for it, we spend all our time trying to figure out how we're going to get it. Where's it going to come from? How's this going to happen to me? How am I going to be able to, to, to do this? All, all those, those questions. But that's not, that's not our part. Our part is strictly to believe, and it's God's part to get it to us. So stop trying to figure out how's this going to happen. I, I need this much money. How in the world could this happen to me? How in the world could I get to there? See, that, those, those are wrong thoughts. See, He didn't ask you to do that. He asked you just to believe, and then, then He will take care of the other part. So I never asked you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. <coughs> and we, what we're going to talk about this morning is <coughs> is how to make a withdrawal, or I call it a heavenly grant. And our finance, when we every three or four years when we do that financial class in here, um, we we went through this. So some of it may be, you know, some of y'all may have heard some of this, but a lot of times this is going to be be new. The first thing we have to do, <coughs> you know, that stack of bills wherever you got them at, they they're always talking to you. You walk by. You ain't paying me this month. Now they, they talk to us. But faith says we talk. Like Jesus went to the fig tree. What did the fig tree say? You're not going to get anything to eat today. See? And it says Jesus responded or Jesus answered the fig tree. So the circumstances were talking to Him. See? see. So you have to talk to your bills. You have to get them in a place. And every day you have to say, I call you paid in Jesus' name. On time and in full with money left over. If you buy it just you, then you have to, you do it. If it's you and your, your, your wife or your husband, you ain't got to do it at the same time, but you need to have them and everybody needs to talk to those bills every day. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You begin to develop confidence, see, and then you, then, it, then as you look back, you'll see that, you know, things begin to change and things begin to happen, see. So put those things where, 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 where you can talk to them, see. Because God, God doesn't, doesn't want you struggling. You know, we think most of us in our adult life have, until we learn these things, have struggled financially the majority of our adult life. But, but that's, that's not biblical. God doesn't want us struggling. Why? Because if we're struggling, then we hindering the kingdom of God's work. We're hindering our ability to help somebody else. That's why He don't want you struggling. Not where you can go buy a bigger car or a different boat. Or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. This stuff is good. But the ideal purpose of not struggling <coughs> is so you can help somebody that is struggling and help them get to where you are. So we need everybody to pull up on a different level all the time. We get that level, then let's pull up to another level, then let's pull up to another level, see? Alright? So anyway, what we're going to talk about this morning is, is going, it'll seem awkward to you until you start doing it like anything else. Uh, because it's, it's something you've never done before. When you start getting your kids and your wife or whatever together and you start praying and start <coughs> making these confessions and start, start doing, taking communion together and all, it, it, it seems awkward because it's not, it doesn't seem normal. But now if you come up in our house, you know, the first time it was really difficult for me. But the kids were small and they come up now, it, it's, it's normal to them. To call and say, hey, hey, everybody come up here, we fixing to have communion or we fixing to do whatever. It, it, it's normal because it's something that, that, that we've made part of our, our, our life. Now, 
I want to talk about before we get into the to this. Um, I, I want to talk about debt freedom a minute. And there's nothing wrong with debt. All right. So don't what I'm going to say. Don't take it that way. But everybody is so concerned about wanting to get debt free. If I say who who in this room wants to get debt free, everybody's going to raise their hands. All right. And that is something we strive for. But remember this. A homeless person is debt free. Alright? A homeless person is debt free. So, so you, you know, getting debt free and then sustaining that lifestyle is two different things. Cause if, if you, when you get, if you, if you, when you get debt free, what most people do is then they change their standard of living. So all of that Money they were paying to bills, now they start eating out more, they start going on vacations. So what turns around? First time you need a set of tires, first time the air conditioning goes out in the house, first time you need another vehicle, then boom, your face was going right back where you come from. See? So it's not about debt freedom, it's about what you do when you're there, how can you sustain that lifestyle, see? And the only way you do that is that stuff you're putting on bills, Start putting back in cash so when you have a need, you have the money to do it. It ain't about elevating your lifestyle. See, that'll come in time. But, but, but once you start doing some of this then, and you get on your feet good, you need three months worth of money for bills in the bank. See, it's called an emergency account or whatever you want to call it. So when you have issues, then, then you have somewhere where to go. But you see it all the time. People get a bonus. People get their tax returns. What do they do? They go on a spending spree. Then three months from now, they want to, I can't make my bills. I can't put what, well, you just blowed all that money. See, so it ain't about, it's not about how much money you have. It's about what you know about money that makes you wealthy. How you handle money makes you wealthy. And because all that stuff, the fancy clothes, the shoes, all that, that's gone. And you can't ever get that back. And then when you, then, then, then as time goes on, you, you wish that, that you hadn't. Alright. I may, I don't usually use a lot of notes, but I wanted to get this in these points so we, we would, we would walk through this, through this together. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with debt, but, but God has a system that we don't need debt. It's the, it's the kingdom of God system. That's what we're learning in this book. That's what we, we're learning in this class. See, right now we've all developed faith in the debt system. We go borrowed on time. We pay it back in time. See, but we haven't developed faith in God's system, which is, I never ask you to pay for it. I ask you to believe for it. Now, why is that hard? Is because we, we don't, we haven't grew our faith to the point that it doesn't take a long time. We get into that point, I believe, I want to believe God for this, and then we get impatient because it don't happen next week, next month, or whatever, and then we say, well, I just got, I got, I got to have it. You know, that pressure to have it becomes so great <laughs> that instead of following God's plan, see, because it's just like, you know, and I, I use this analogy a lot, you know, it's just like when you used to button your shirt. When you was little, it took you five minutes to button your shirt, right? Because it was unfamiliar to you. You didn't know how to do it. Now, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, you do it while you're doing something else. 
You know, it becomes second nature. You have to understand that with, with these principles that the, the problem is not getting God to move. God's done done all He's going to do. Alright? All the money you need is already in the earth. The problem is we just don't know how to get it. See? There's no more money going to be deposited into the earth than is already here. All your needs are already met. But learning to receive. See, that is the process we have to learn. And the quicker we do it and develop and develop faith in it, the quicker we're able to, 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 to receive. In there. Alright. Alright, now let's talk about making a deposit in a, in a heavenly grant. So, and I'll show you where the, where the word heavenly grant comes from, from later. Um, now, and I'll just tell you about Angie and I. And we've been able to, 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 to live debt free in our personal life, but we've not been able to do it with the business. Um, you know, and, and it's just all a matter. It's, it's the same principle. It just, you know, a tractor costs more than a house does. You know, uh, 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 you know a few years ago we had to buy a new harvester. You know, fifty-eight thousand dollars. Then a sprayer, seventy-five thousand uh, dollars. I just haven't grown to that level yet. But my first move is not. I'm going to go borrow the money. My first move is. Help me develop in this God as much as I can and show me how you want me to do this. See, He's not always going to tell you not to borrow the money. So don't, don't think borrowing is bad. Borrowing is only bad when it's your first instinct and the first thing we do without talking to Him. Does that make sense? That, 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 that's when it's, it's bad. See, your first move is why? Because He's interested in stretching you and growing your faith and getting you to a better position where you have the bills and the bills don't have you see and, and, and that's what been up a lot of times when we're not smart with our money the bills have us and we don't have the bills see and, and it's by, by those, those, those missteps alright and I, I want to say this too as we're going through this I don't I don't believe ain't the right word I don't think it's wise to do second mortgages and debt consolidation. Now, now I, I'm talking from, from, from experience. I'm talking from biblical why. <coughs> because the system is rigged against us. Alright? It's rigged to keep us in. Alright? And they know that if you don't have control of your spending and you go get a second mortgage and you put all your bills together... That this time next year, you're going to be already spending back on them credit cards. You know. And now they got your first mortgage on your house. They got your second mortgage on your house. And now you got credit card bills again. You got all these bills because we're not disciplined enough not to take that advantage from the second mortgage or debt consolidation, whatever you want to call it, you know, to be disciplined and don't get back in the same thing we just got back in. They banking on you going right back where you come from, and now now you got more debt than you had to start with, and they get more interest than they did to start with. See, it's designed to keep us in the racket because they bank on us us not being not being disciplined. Now, and I made a big mistake one time. I took um, I took fifty thousand dollars out of my retirement to update my chicken houses one time where I didn't have to borrow money. 
Now, when they were going to give, if you updated and done the things that they wanted you to do, they was going to give you a raise. Well, my smart self said, well, I'll do this and then I'll take the raise and pay myself back. Well, guess what? Never pay myself back. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking something out of your retirement, but God didn't tell me to do, do it. I did it trying to keep from borrowing money. <coughs> see? And, and didn't follow his plan. See, there's nothing wrong if, if he had said, "Hey, this is how I want you to do this." If if you done that, see. But so now, so you think now that was 15 plus years ago. You think what that fifty thousand dollars if I left it in my retirement would be right now? Now that I'm knocking on the door of retirement, see, it'd probably be eighty, ninety thousand dollars in in your retirement fund. See, but you know these on your four hundred one k's because this it grows all the time. So you have to be careful with that. And then you have to also look at what is my 401k paying me on this versus if I borrowed the money, what interest rate would be. See, most time I make it, 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 the way interest rates was until these last couple of years, interest rates were lower enough that you was probably making more on your 401k than if I borrowed the money. So I really wasn't saving anything. I just I just put a, put a big old hole in, 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 in my retirement. So... So I said, I said this, follow God's plan because it'll stop you from making, making a lot of mistakes. Alright, anybody got anything on that before we I get into this? Go ahead. And I may be getting ahead of you. I seem to do that a lot. You do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's alright. You mentioned, you know, being able to where we have our bills and our bills have you. Mm-hmm. Does that necessarily mean that, you know, as far as being debt free, that means taking on a bill that we can't control, right? What I mean by your bills having you instead of you having your bills is same thing as saying you got more month than you got money. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You spend all your time thinking about how you're going. If, if you got the money in the bank to pay the bill, you don't even give it a thought. Is that, is that right or wrong? Mm-hmm. The only thought we give it is when there's a deficit. Mm-hmm. See, that's when the, that's when the bills got you. You ain't got the bills. Mm-hmm. Cause now they drive in your life. They drive in your decisions. Mm-hmm. You're making your decisions based on, on that, not mm-hmm. based on what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not saying if you need a car and you don't have it directly in the bank, that's you right. can't go get it. That's right. No, no, I'm if not you saying go that. In debt, but that you have the income to cover it. Uh huh. That's right. Because a lot of times what we do is we say, okay, I need a car. And then we go justifying why we need that car to justify why we're doing this. And we say things like, well, you know, I'm probably going to get a raise here. I'm going to get my income tax here. And then most of that stuff never develops. And then we end up overspending mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, now what kind of car can I really afford mm-hmm. and stay in, in that lane? And not getting over here, getting a place where we where we can't, based on something that because everybody's human. If I told you to list your expenses and your income, most of the time we fudge on our expenses on our bills, and then we add to our income, and we and, and then then it don't really ever add up because we, we lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm, that's right, we lie to ourselves. But why? Because we want to justify doing this, what we really know we really shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. See, and, and, and the flat thing is, and, and everybody in this room is going to be over this, okay? When I say this, your total vehicle should not exceed thirty-five percent of your gross income. If you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm just throwing that number out easy. 
your vehicle's got to be thirty-five thousand or less, or you in the hole. If your vehicle's forty thousand dollars, you you in the hole based on what you make and what you drive. Isn't that? That, that that's just the, the economic rule of thumb. That should and, and your house payment, car payments should not exceed fifty percent of your gross. And if you'll learn to stay in those brackets, it, you'll avert a lot of problems. Because, because you know, you got taxes, you got all those stuff that comes out of that hundred. So you're not really looking at a liquid hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a, at a diminished sum. See, but if, but if your vehicles is over thirty five percent and your total payments for your house and vehicles is over fifty percent of your gross, then you have a line. I'm talking about your payments. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about that car value on hundred. I need to rephrase what I just told you. That car value is over thirty five thousand dollars. You're in the hole. Okay, now let's talk about the hundred thousand gross. If your payments, if your payments exceed fifty percent of your gross income in a year, for instance, if my car payment and my house payment for a whole year is fifty thousand more than fifty thousand dollars, if I make a hundred thousand dollars, then I'm in the hole. Mm-hmm. That, 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 I'm gonna say that the right way. Okay, y'all follow? Yo, y'all, y'all with me on that? Okay, so the total of that payments together should not exceed fifty percent of what you make, mm-hmm. and we all pretty much all going to be in the hole, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but that's the way we should be if we want if we want to be where we're supposed to be. Anybody else? All right, let's get started then. Get this in, John <clears throat> chapter sixteen. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm going to show you two scriptures, and then we'll actually look at, look at some examples. I brought two or three of ours from the house. John sixteen twenty three. Duke, you got your amplifier today? Yes, sir. Uh, John sixteen twenty three. We all there? <coughs> and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now read 23 in the Amplified. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that my Father will grant you whatever you ask. In my name, that's just all that I am. He will do what to you? He will grant. That's what that that word in King James is is not translated the best. It means grant. If you get a grant, what does that mean? Means you don't have to pay it back, right? A grant is something you don't pay back. Anything else, if it's a loan, you got to pay it back. So that's where the word heavenly grant come from that you've asked nothing in my name. Now ask in my name and I will grant it to you. And in verse 24, it says, Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. That, that little Greek says you've not made a demand on anything. Now remember, we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before. You know, we're not demanding God. We can't demand anything of God. Alright, just, just get that. You know, that's not what it's talking about. Why? Because God's done, done all He's going to do. He's not going to go back to the cross. He's not going to bear any more stripes. It's up to us to learn to re- to receive it. See, so what he's meaning is you're putting a demand 
on this covenant what you have a right to. Just like if you went to a lawyer, and we'll see this in a minute in, 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 in this stuff I'm going to show you. See, your lawyer is going to write up stuff and they're going to cite so-and-so versus so-and-so. They're going to use that that law book to bring language to prove why you should get whatever you're asking for. See, And that's the same thing as processes. When you talk about making the demand, we put the demand on what God has given us a right to because who is keeping it from us? God or the devil? It's not God. See? Right? That's why the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. That's us. See? See, Satan, somebody's gonna run Delta Airlines, right? Why not a Christian person? Somebody's gonna run Google. <coughs> somebody's gonna own all this stuff. But because of us not taking our place as Christians, those ideas have to come to fruition. That word. Fruition. Fruition. There we go. <laughs> so for, 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 for Christ to return. So, so the time can only be delayed if we choose, so long if no Christian steps up and decides to take the idea and run with it. Somebody has to get it into the earth because the Bible says everybody at the same time, at one time, will see the Antichrist standing in the temple. The only way you're going to do that is with the internet and streaming. It has to come. It had to come. But why did it have to come with these left wing folks instead of come through us? (coughs) Everything should be Flowing through God's people because the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. See? And so we have to be open to say we should be the one heading this. Just think if, if the if the church headed up the nation, what the nation would be right now instead of what it is. See? Alright, I don't want to get off on that. So anyway, that's what we're talking about. Now Philippians chapter four. <coughs> we we looked at this scripture I think a few weeks ago, but I want to show it to you in the in the actual Greek. We'll read it here, and then, then I, I gave my Greek Bible to somebody. I don't know who I gave it to, so I had to write this on my notes. All right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Now, if you read all the epistles together, Paul is, had to repent here in, in Philippians. People had tried to help Paul and give to Paul, if you read all Paul's writings. And he would say, no, no, I make the living with my hands. I be, I make tents. So he was a tent maker. And he would always say, I know, I, I learned my own way. I make tents. And the Lord has corrected him now here in, in, in Philippians 4 because Paul didn't understand that it's not about if he don't receive that, then the people have no seed to get no return on. That makes sense. So he had, even though he didn't want it and, and 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 I suppose didn't need it, he was hindering those people trying to give to him's blessing because they had no seed in the ground to get a return. See, because that's remember what I'm saying. Any any. Legitimate thing you hear from, from Christian people should always be about get something to you, not something from you, see. That's always the dividing line. If they're trying to pressure you to get something for them, then leave it alone, see. Their job is to get something to you, not something from you. But we have to have some seed to start with, okay? 
So now with all that said, now let's, let's read here. Verse 15. It says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Even in Thessalonica, yet once again, once and again, unto my necessity. Verse 17. See, so he's to clear this up. Not because I desire a gift. Not because I'm trying to get something from you. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That we can get something in your heavenly account where you have something to demand on this covenant because the return is what? 30, 60, 100. The Old Testament says a thousand times. So that's what he's saying here. He said, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you and older of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Then we can all quote this verse. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I want to show you this in, in the literal Greek here. Because you have to think about this when you if you translate. If you ever tried to speak in English and somebody... Maybe has somebody that didn't speak any spoke Spanish and somebody's translating. Well, the words that you use, they're choosing a word in Spanish to tell them, but that same word may have two or three different meanings, right? But the, 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 but the translator chose, hey, I think this word fits better here, okay? So we'll show you this in the Greek that shows you all the different forms of this. <coughs> See, this is in this is that little Greek. My God will liberally supply, fill to the full, crown, furnish, and complete all your needs. See, employment requirements, lack, and business. So, so see, the actual context of the Greek word encompasses all facets of our life. See, he he he, he wants. It to work well in your employment, in your life, in your business. According to his riches, his wealth, his money, his possessions, in glory by Christ Jesus. So, so, so he's, he's given us a verse that encompasses every area of, of our life. See, not just we got an unpaid bill. See, he wants to, this blessing will get involved for you work at. It'll, it'll get involved in your business, in your lack, and you. And sometimes I don't like this phone. See, and, and, and all, all, you know, every part of our, our, our life. Alright? So, then, with that being said, then we have a legal right to make a withdrawal on any area of our life that needs withdrawing. Whether it's your finances, whether it's a problem at work, whether it's a health problem, it's a family member, a child. See, the, the grant is to grant every area of your life. Not, and we're talking finances here, but not, not just, just finances. Alright? So I'll read you, uh, I just pulled these two off the refrigerator. <coughs> now this is how we started. 
I found this in a book, and I just made a copy of the book and just filled in the blanks because I didn't know no nothing no no different. Did I mess up your photo there? Okay. Um, I reckon I should have took a picture of this and put this up there, but I'll, I'll read this to you. Um, so, so, so what? What is this? We're, we're making a to make a withdrawal or to have a heavenly grant. We're making a legal case to Jesus. Jesus is our advocate. He's our lawyer. That's what advocate means. He's our lawyer. See, all right. And he intercedes our case to God. And as long as we ask something that's in His will, in His Word. See, then he goes to the Father and says, hey, you have to grant this because this is part of the covenant. My blood covered this for them. See, it is a legal, a legal thing here between, between us, us and God. Okay. And this, this is the last year's one here we had for last year. It's a prayer of agreement for finances for pecans and Lily's college. As y'all all know, all of a sudden we, we got faced with this so-called supply chain shortage. And things, chemicals that we use in the orchard that used to cost $40 a gallon, now costing over $200 a gallon. So what we had budgeted, I mean, we had spent our budget up in the first three months of the year, you know, because, because you know, some of these chemicals went to $500 a gallon, you know. And when you're talking about it, it, it takes 10, 15, 20 gallons to, to cover the, you know, it, it just took our budget just crazy. So anyway, that, that's the story behind this. And so... And I, and I had made a commitment to our kids that, that, that they wouldn't, they would come out of college with it all paid for. We wouldn't let them have any, any student debt. So, and, uh, so this is what we say. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to Matthew 18, 19. Alright, everybody knows 18, 19. It says, if two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done. So that's the, Matthew 18, 19 is the, is the first legal base on prayer of agreement. We're going to agree. Me, Angie, and Lily right here. We're going to agree. Prayer of agreement. See? And long, now, as long as neither one of us does not break that agreement, then it has to happen. Alright? You got to throw time out the window. Don't think about your time schedule because it's not on your time schedule. Because when God's trying to do something, He's trying to get as many people involved as He can. He's, He'll take care of your need. But he wants to try to get somebody else involved to take care of their need also. Don't ever forget that. So lots of times he may start down there and dealing with Cody to try to help me. And, and Cody's being sluggish and not responding. And, and then he's going to move to Tori and he's going to deal with Tori. And if she don't respond, she's going to move to Kayla. But he always has somebody that he knows I can tell him and they'll respond immediately. That's the person that's last on his list. See? Because that person's already taken care of. That person's already in the more than enough stage. See? But he's trying to get one of them to step up to another level. So he's going to deal with them. They're learning this. They're trying to get situated in this. Come on, Cody. And then you'll go, well, I don't know if that's God. I don't know if it's the devil. Uh, Tori, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see about it tomorrow. And they don't ever get around to it. See, But as the deadline comes, pressure increases, right? As the deadline comes, the pressure increases. But don't let it increase the pressure on you. Remember, God's increasing the pressure on folks to get it done. And He always has this person that's the last resort. I call them tonight and they'll have you the money tomorrow. God's got that. He knows that. But He don't want to do that. He wants to do this first. 
as, me, as much as he can, give them opportunity to be a part and participate in the blessing. See? So, so you got to remember that when, when, when God's trying to do something. Because we think, Lord, help me. But we want it right then. See, He wants to get those other people involved as much as possible. Alright? says, we agree in the name of Jesus that we receive a grant of $5,500 for Lily's College and $7,500 to finish the pecan crop according to John 16, 23-24. What we just read. You said that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will grant it you. And Philippians 4.19 says, <clears throat> God will supply my needs. <coughs> will supply all my needs. Satan, in the name of Jesus... I take authority over you. We bind you from your interference in our finances. You take your hands off of my money. We render you helpless. And angels, mentor spirits, we charge you together to go and bring in our finances. Father, we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. And then we take communion over this, June 24th, 2022. Then we all signed it. Now, if you never took communion by yourself or with the family together, these are free in the bookstore, they tell you exactly how to do it, even things to say. We started, we read this verbatim, uh, you know, these, these prayers in here. Um, so you're welcome to look at this after class if you want to. I'll read this one real quick in there. Um, and I'll try to say this, it may have to say a minute after the bell. But this one, this one's old, but it's still on our refrigerator. And y'all, y'all know the, the deal with Lily. She was born, we didn't know it, but had a bunch of cysts in her kidneys and they sent us to Birmingham. And basically they said, hey, nothing we can do for her when she needs a kidney transplant. Y'all just come back and we'll give her a kidney transplant. Well, that ain't biblical. That, you know, that, that leaves you no hope. That's how we got up with Dr. Colbert and that's how all, all Dr. Colbert stuff started. But anyway, um, at last report, she had one kidney that was down to one cyst and the other kidney still had several cysts. Um, but they said she's just going to have her whole life, she's just going to have urinary tract infections all the time. I mean, that's just part of it. And so this is what this is based off of. It says here, a prayer of agreement for Lily's kidneys, cyst-free, and no urinary tract infection. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to Matthew 18, 19, <coughs> to agree as touching anything on earth that they ask, it shall be done. And we agree in the name of Jesus that cysts and kidneys and urinary tract infections are under the curse. And Lily will have no more of them in her life. According to 1 Peter 2.24, Psalms 103 and 3, that's the healing scriptures, you bore the cyst and the urinary tract infection on the cross so Lily doesn't have to. We proclaim in the name of Jesus, she is free. And then the same thing we said in the other, Satan, you know, take your hands off of it, angels, you go forth and minister this. And to my knowledge, she had never had a urinary tract infection. Never. See, why? Because this is on the refrigerator. And every time we go to the refrigerator... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this money for the pecans. Thank you, Lord, for this college money. Thank you, Lord, every day. Lily got a cyst, Lily cyst free kidneys and trip got a perfect working heart. Every day. Amen. Every day. All day. We say that, that, that the trip is in our bathroom. We say this every day. Every day. Got a picture of his, <coughs> the doctor drew before his heart and a picture of his heart, what it's supposed to look like. See? So we don't look at that, we look at this. See, every day, every day. See, it's, it's a covenant. See, we have a right to it. See, but we have to be willing and bold. Come boldly, see. And it, and it seems awkward. It seems weird to start with. And, but it don't when it starts paying results. And then, 
All right. Any any questions? I know we got a few minutes probably left. One or two minutes. I think one minute. Any questions? <coughs> if you look want to, up. you're welcome to look at this. Look that, uh, Philippians nineteen back up on, on the phone. I think I can. That's what I did, Duke. I wrote it at the top of my Bible. It's right beside that verse. That way I always have it. Everybody good with that? Now, see, she can just send it there, but... <laughs> I was going to say, I could have sent it to you. I reckon I didn't think about that. <laughs>